Welcome back, sweeties. This is your host, London Ale, and this is the Eye Candy Podcast. Let's get into the episode. of the eye candy podcast this is your host london ale and i am back and better than ever i think the last time i posted or at least on my eye candy instagram was like may 19th may 24th but it's been easily like two three weeks since i've recorded and i'm sorry i told myself i'd be consistent like when i started this shit and i keep having these times where i take little breaks and shit but i feel like burning yourself out is not the way so I'm glad I took those breaks for myself. I was supposed to film an episode last week and literally got dressed. I had my makeup done. I was ready, set, go to film this episode and it never fucking happened. Instead, I got lost on the tracks and started talking to my friends and my man and whatever, whatever. I even had the outline done for last week. I had to change the whole thing because it doesn't, it's not even relevant to me anymore. Like, I don't want to talk about the same shit if I did an outline, like, two weeks back or a week back whatever the case is so I didn't record instead I thought going to brunch and getting drunk was better so there's the honest truth this podcast is about truth so I'm gonna tell the truth a bitch should have recorded and she didn't record and I'm sorry okay I'm sorry but I hope everyone has got a great past two weeks and thank you to all my sweeties who have been subscribing to my youtube channel if you're watching or if you're listening I said watching because I was supposed to also film this episode but again since I'm not prepared I literally just got off work and I'm supposed to go out tonight a girl has no time to actually do what she wants to do so you guys should start seeing visuals like on my YouTube channel especially since I have people subscribing there I would say like the next two weeks next two episodes maybe next week maybe the week after that we will see um but yeah I don't know why there was like a spike in people following my YouTube and people were like still slowly but surely finding the video I have one video posted it was episode five with Michaela so people love it and people like it and then people listen to your pod on the audio and shit and thank you so I appreciate it but the organizing is real because I really had to like get my entire social media plan and marketing together like who said no one tells you how fucking much it is to like keep up with all these different social medias you have twitter you have TikTok, which is a must. Then you have Instagram, which has to be constantly updated. Then you have, fuck Snapchat, no offense, but like, that's not what I'm worried about. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just a lot of shit I have to do in order to market this whole podcast in general. And I can't wait to get to the point where I have like a marketing team so I don't have to do that shit because it's fun until it's not, until like you have to do it. And since I want people to see this shit, I have to do it. So that's where I am right now. And had like a little mental health break as well. So that was nice. That was really cute. Um, and I feel really good. So I'm happy to be on the mic alive and well and actually feel like a 10 out of 10. I would say a 9 out of 10 because no one's perfect. I would say like an 8.5 out of 10. I feel good, okay? I feel really good. And I just have to say before I jump in that I'm going to be more consistent. This is a weekly podcast. So expect episodes every single Wednesday like I originally stated when I first started this shit every Wednesday every fucking Wednesday so with that being said 
let's move into the wellness check. I'm just going to jump right in because I have a lot to say about wellness because I feel like during my break, I had a lot of things to figure out. I had a lot of self-introspection time. I had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. But while I was gone, I can't even sit here and act like my mental health wasn't kicking my ass because so (laughs) if you hear a toy in the background, just so you know, I'm dog sitting and the little baby jetpack is in here. He's like eight, nine weeks. Um, did you, you can give him his toy. It's okay. Uh, give him a hard toy. Okay, it's fine. Okay. So I am dog sitting, which is cute. He's cute. He's a really good dog, but you know, dogs get bored and shit and they start squeaking and squacking their toys. But anyway, yeah, my mental health was kicking my ass for a while. And after praying and a lot of self-work, meditation, affirmations, listening to church on Sundays, like I used to. I feel a lot more excited and motivated about life. I feel like we all go through that time where shit is... Okay, yeah, you're going to have to get that toy. I cannot. Jet. Jetty poo. Sit your ass down. Little cute sucker. Okay. But yeah, I can't, I can't sit here and act like everything has been easy. Like, I took a break mostly because of my mental health. And I got a little case of vertigo again, which I had when I had COVID like two years ago which is like dizzy spells and like no sense of motion. I went to the doctor and literally got pills for it and didn't take it. I'm all about like your body healing itself. And for some reason, every time I get pills or every time I figure out what the fuck is wrong with me, my body's like, oh, I feel better. Because I think my anxiety is really what gets me like, you know, like really scared. Like, oh my gosh, what the fuck is wrong with me? Am I going to die today? Like, I literally think like that. I don't even have a headache. I don't have a cough, nothing chronic, no pain. Vertigo just feels like shit, okay? You feel like you're on your fucking deathbed. It's, I'm dramatic, so say what you want about it. But really, I did a lot of work with myself. I meditated, affirmations. Like I said, I listened to church. I watched positive things. He is literally having the time of his life right now. Is it because I'm talking? He just loves to hear me talk? I guess so. But, um, excuse me, this episode, if you hear a lot, Jet. Hey, buddy, we're going to have to chill out, Okay. All right. Okay. Um, this is a totally raw podcast, totally unfiltered. So I'm probably not going to edit this shit out because it'll just be a chopped and screwed ass podcast. But like I said, there's a lot of things I've been doing to like really help myself. The wellness check is about checking in on myself. It really helps me to check in on me and kind of just talk about where I'm at. And also for you guys checking on you, you know, like give yourself the time during the wellness check. How have you been feeling? And what can you do to better how you feel? So I watched, I listened to this um, audio book on YouTube called I Can Do It, How to Use Affirmations to Change Your Life by Louie Hay. And she's like some old white lady. She has since passed, but she wait, she made like a lot of self-help books and books about meditation and all that good stuff meditation and affirmations it really really uplifted me and in that moment I wasn't even like in a bad mood or had a bad day but it just made the day so much better I was literally working and listening and her voice is soothing so I definitely recommend it it's called I can do it again how to use affirmations to change your life by Louis Hay so yeah I just want to encourage everyone to take some time for yourself today unwind relax find your peace create some time for yourself Center yourself before you start or finish your day, whether it's praying in the morning or praying at night or meditating in the morning or night or telling yourself you're beautiful in the mirror and that you can do it. Life is hard. No one promised it would be easy. Take some time for you. And that's all I wanted to say about the wellness check. And 
be nice to yourself, girlies. Be patient with yourselves. And now we can finally jump into the episode. Let's move on. All right, you guys, it is time for what caught my eye this week. If you don't know what caught my eye or what this segment is, basically I'm talking about what I've seen in TV, pop culture, in music, movies, whatever the fuck. I'm going to tell you what the fuck I've been watching and what I've been looking at all week. This is the Eye Candy Podcast, so why not talk about what caught my eye? You get it? It's cute, right? It's cute. Okay, so let's start with TV. I attempted to give Riverdale another chance like a week ago. I was watching season three which was the Griffins and Gargoyle season. And I'm just trying to figure out where we're going with this show. Like, it's just starting to go super left field at this point. And I'm only in season three. Like, and TikTok doesn't make it any better at all. Okay, Jet, 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 Jet. Come on, let's get down. Thank you. Um, <laughs> fuck. Okay. I'm a really great multitasker, but I gotta say, I really get off my fucking game when I see a dog. They're cute and they're bad as hell. So, like I was saying, I tried to give Riverdale another chance. I'm not with the shits. It's really fucking bad. It's really bad. Like, it's really, really bad. And on top of that, what ruined it, actually, what made me start watching Riverdale again was seeing a TikTok of Cheryl and Betty kissing, and I was like, I know about three, four years ago when I started this show, last time I checked, they confirmed that these bitches were cousins, and now they're sucking face on the CW, so I'm a little confused, I'm, I'm really confused, and I gotta say, it's no bashing to the actors, because I think individually, like, they are all very good actors, um, what, what can they do with a storyline like that, I don't know where the show is going, I'm a huge fan of the cast, but after a while, I realized I was just hate watching the show because all I did was talk shit the whole time. Like every second I got, I would turn over to my man, like we would pause it. Like, what the fuck? Like, are, are you picking up what I'm picking up? And he used to watch Riverdale too. And he stopped. And now we're just both kind of like hate watching the show or we were like a week ago. I'm over it. I'm not hate watching shit anymore. I want to watch some good TV. So segueing into good TV, we started this show called in between the heavens or something like that. And it's with Andrew Garfield. And the show basically is about like the LDS community. There's a murder that happens in Salt Lake City and the detective on the case is Mormon. And if you don't know, Mormon, LDS, FDS, FLDS, all that shit is kind of linked um, into the Mormon religion. So it's really interesting because you get to really under, like you, they kind of, if you don't already know what the religion is, you'll be a little confused. But since I used to watch like escaping polygamy and all that shit, I kind of have like a really good understanding, like what the community is about. It's a really good show. I do recommend it. It's on Hulu. So if you have nothing to watch right now, watch that show. I didn't finish it yet, but I plan to. And then I plan also to watch Candy because I listened to a podcast and they said it was really good. It's like five episodes, another murder thing. I'm really into like suspense and mystery, as you can tell. And this movie called what happened to Monday or something that came out in 2017 on Netflix. So I have some shows lined up when I made this outline, I was going to tell you guys to give me any recs, but I found some, so I'm going to definitely keep you guys updated on TV. Okay. So segueing into pop culture, if you guys don't know, I talked a little bit about the Johnny and Amber trial because I was literally obsessed for the entire trial. I said that I watched this legal commentator who used to be like a, um, 
attorney and she basically like says she explains what the fuck is going on and i'd rather watch that than just watch things blindly so she would bring on other attorneys and they would kind of break down the jury since we can't see their faces and they would break down a bunch of shit right so if you guys don't already know if you guys don't already know the johnny and amber trial has come to an end johnny has won the case by proving all three counts were true of the defamation trial, he gets $10.4 million in damages. Amber Heard won one count and lost the other two counts and got $2 million in damages for that one count. So basically what this says is that Johnny Depp won. He won all three counts. As you can see, he's being awarded in damages $10.4 million. And if you're like, what the fuck is damaging? What's damaging is his reputation and the money he could have had or could have gained if he didn't if the statement or the, um, what they call it? The op-ed, which is the, the fuck, the thing she wrote on the internet that was like kind of referencing Johnny without referencing Johnny, um, about domestic violence and sexual abuse and how she experienced it. But she never said clearly like who the fuck she was talking about. That's important when your ex-husband is literally like top 10, one of the most famous celebrities in the world actors. So I watched this whole trial and a lot of people are, you know, one, I mean, I, I would say a lot more people are on Johnny's side than Amber's. Um, and I would say the people that are, are people that watch the trial. First of all, let's just talk about this. Domestic violence and sexual abuse is something so, so serious. And what we were, what we saw like on, during the trial, it, there was no, there was no evidence. Johnny Depp passed over all his metadata literally his whole life on his phone, any track records he's had. And there was a problem with Amber passing over evidence of what she had said or what she had done and this and that shit. So to me, it looks like you have a lot more to hide. Then there was pictures showing where she was saying she got brutally beaten and all this stuff and all this stuff, no medical records and these edited pictures, alleged edited pictures. Like there was just no evidence. And then she said some really graphic stuff about sexual abuse and what she experienced, but there was no medical record of you getting that treated. Because if you guys hear it, or I'm not going to say it on the pod, but like, look it up. It's something super serious. You obviously should have gotten that checked out. There would be no way you'd be able to be mobile and be okay if you did it. I'll just put it like that. So I was personally, there was times in the trial where I was like, damn, Amber could possibly win. Like, I'm not like a, a Amber Heard hater, but honestly, like, if this is all not true, and I'm going to say alleged because we no one knows anything. When you go into trial and you watch these type of things, at the end of the day, we don't know what's fact or not. We don't fucking know. Evidence can be altered. Things can be altered. What I saw in evidence was Johnny's satire language. He is a writer. He is an artist. He speaks in a certain type of way. Her lawyers try to twist that around and make Amber look better. And then when it would be like, evidence to make Johnny look bad it wouldn't make it would it just it just wasn't adding up like there was none you know like there wasn't anything there wasn't anything that was putting her life in danger on top of that when she filed a restraining order and had TMZ come to the court where she was filing the restraining order TMZ literally confirmed that they got word to come to her location She'd turn and show a little bruise, and that's what they had to catch in the photo. She literally denied the entire trial. Everything, it's everyone, even the witnesses were wrong, and she's right. And when you're literally saying your witnesses are wrong, and you're right, it's just, it's not cool. It's fucked up. Because at this point, you look bad. You look bad, you look like you can't tell the truth. 
So for that, I am happy that Johnny won. I know that she uh, filed an appeal because she obviously didn't like the outcome and has to pay $10.4 million. Nobody wants to pay that. I, to me, it's far more. It's far better than 50 mil. She asked for 100 million and obviously did not get that. Didn't even get half. Didn't even get a third. She got the bare minimum. Um, but hey, she's still got some. She's still getting money awarded. But honestly, I don't think she's gonna even get that money. She's probably gonna say, "Can you use that ten, that two million dollars you're gonna give me in damages, and just use that towards the total of ten point four that I have to pay back?" I would just say that. I would just be like, keep the ten, the two million dollars. I would even do some behind closed door shit. Can we, can we fucking talk, please? I just think that if Amber didn't have enough evidence to back her shit up, she should have never opened her fucking mouth. Period. Her legal team clearly was not looking out for her as much as they should have been, and that's what I think. So with that being said, you guys won't hear anything else about the Johnny and Amber trial. It is over. It is done. I don't think this appeal will be successful. After six years of Johnny Depp fighting this case, he finally gets to have his freedom and his truth out there, which is really nice. I'm happy about that, you know? And if anything else comes out, I might change my mind, but I've watched the whole trial, the entire fucking trial, all eight hours every day. I watched it during my work shift, and... I saw nothing that would sway my mood back to Amber. Granted, do I think everything that Johnny Depp did was right? Fuck no. Should he have said certain shit? No. I would say, I would say this. I would say a lot of Johnny's problem is he, his words are very, like I said, it's satire. So he doesn't exactly mean them that way, but they're very dramatic and very, they're very color. It's very colorful language. So it's like, oh, that's crazy. But like what he really means is blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? It's as, it's as simple as that. So I don't agree with everything that had happened or that he had said. I think there's trauma on both ends. Um, but I just hope everybody can move on and heal. I don't want the worst for Amber Heard. I just don't understand why you bring this to the public and literally make yourself look like even more of a fool than when you stepped into that courtroom. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, beyond that, we are going to segue into music. So what I'm listening to this week Poke It Out by Playboy Cardi and Nicki Minaj is my song of the week. It's an old song, but it is a vibe. It is my summer song. This song just literally makes me want to throw it back on a beach, drunk as fuck, and literally poke it the fuck out. Literally. So that is my song of the week. If you haven't listened to it, please do. The song is A1 Swiss. Okay, it's really good. Go listen to it. Highly recommend. It just... When, like that beat first comes on it just immediately i start doing that like apple girl hip roll i'm just like oh shit this shit is so fire like i just i'm obsessed with it so listen to that song if you have not already that wraps up what caught my eye this week and we can just go ahead and segue into down the reddit hole let's go down it all right you guys it is time to go down the reddit hole Today I'm reading from the Relationship Advice Reddit thread, and it is called, the title of this thread, what is it called? Is it called a thread or a post? The title of this post is called, Have to Literally Beg My Boyfriend to Spend Time Together. Oh boy, let's get into it. So, it says, I'm currently with my boyfriend for a year now. The beginning of the relationship was really magical, with us spending at least two hours every day the first few months. Now it's nothing. I have to text him to meet, to walk together after class. There have been really annoying instances where I text him, I miss you, and he says we can meet the next day. And when then when times comes, he turns out to have made plans. I know he loves me, and he said that he changed the last few times I brought it up. He spent time with me on my birthday last week, but that was only because I asked him like three times would he come to see me. 
It's just me asking, initiating all the time. I'm getting really tired of the effort I put into for our dates and relationships in general, but now I'm starting to feel fed up. Will this change after college or am I just never going to be his priority? It really makes me sad. A small part of me doesn't want to break up because of the time and effort I have invested in this relationship, and another small part tells me keep waiting until he'll change. I really do love him, but it's getting really emotionally distressing. Talking seems to solve it for at least two weeks before I notice small lapses and eventually back to normal. What should I do? So... This is a this is a good one. And this honestly isn't as messy as I thought, which is still cute. We love that. Um, so here's the thing. Relationships are a two way street. I know that hanging out, especially in college and with obligations, it's really, really hard. And especially in real life, like you have to find time for a relationship like you have to work for that shit. You know what I'm saying? And so the back, the fact that he's not able to make time for you is I. So my big my relationships I've only had like two serious ones in my life the most this one that I'm in now I spend time with my boyfriend every single day the one I was in previously I spent time with him all the time but he got to a point where he was really at work a lot I would literally only see him for 30 minutes out of the entire day and that was like for six months so it's really hard don't get me wrong I feel like you guys are both young I mean this is college you know what I mean like it doesn't sound like he really cares to make an effort if you guys have talked about it already and there's nothing happening then I think another conversation needs to be had I think the conversation of do you think you can make time for me this relationship is work and it's a two-way street and I get the feeling of like we've built this relationship up over time and I put a lot of effort into this and this and that but you're putting a lot of effort into this and he's not putting effort into hanging out with you so to me it just looks like you're doing a lot of the work and he's not When you leave a conversation, you shouldn't leave the conversation and then some shit, like, he's not doing better after that. Also, this could be super innocent. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get caught up with life. He's a college student. He makes plans with his friends. He has obligations. You guys probably have two different majors, two different workloads. So, I feel like I always am, like, looking for a little bit more detail than what I'm provided, which, I mean, obviously, you could tell me for two hours what the fuck the real deal is, but... Um, I think that you guys need to have another conversation. It's like, why don't you make time for me? And maybe this conversation has already been had, but like, what are you doing to where it's impossible for there to be time made for me? And then you also need to have that conversation that's hard to have. And is like, do you think that we need to break up and revisit this in the future? I know this relationship is magical and all this is good and that's good, but isn't majority of the relationship you being around each other, especially within the first year or so, like this is still puppy love phase so you should be able to hang around them and want to hang around them 24 7 I wish it was kind of in the point like the point of view of the boyfriend and him saying like why he doesn't do it and like I said I don't even think it's like for the fault of his own because it doesn't sound like she didn't explain like oh he's always doing this and he's you know never texting me back he's never doing that it just sounds like he's busy and also a lot of us have different love languages we all have different needs so maybe you should ask yourself am i doing too much you know am i being a little overbearing and i get it i'm by the looks of it it doesn't seem like it you said 2 hours every day the first few months which for you it sounds like is okay and that's good that works for you so now it gets me to the question like how long every like i don't think every couple needs to see each other every day it really depends on the couple But if that's something you want, you need to express that's something you want. If it's something you don't want, you guys need to find a compromise. And since you guys are in college, I mean, it's possible for you guys to see each other every day if you're on the same campus. But it sounds like he needs to find time for you. 
and also this is this is a college boy so it's just like what we all ask for a little bit too much at the ages these boys are at they literally mature like two years younger like two years slower than we do so keep that in mind as well like always have that little coin in your brain oh wait I'm a little older than him like mindset wise you know what I'm saying so he's probably not thinking of it in the way you are but if you've already expressed that you want more time with him and it's something you need and want then go find it where you'll get it I mean it's that easy it's it's as easy to say not as easy to do but like if that's something you really 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 want you know then go find it elsewhere and also ask him is how does he feel about it like is it because he wants his space or is it because he's busy we need to get down to the the why are you busy or do you just want your space if he's busy then you have to ask yourself is he too busy for me or can I work with this if he just wants his space then you have to ask yourself another question is the space that he's asking for too much for me so I think there's a lot of questions to be asked here what I think that should happen I'm not going to say like break up with him or anything but I definitely think of a conversation needs to be had about, like I said, those points that I made. Like, what what is the real reason why we are not hanging out? Because at this point, if you guys went from two hours every day to now maybe 10 minutes here and there or every other day, and you guys are texting, like, every blue moon or whatever, for me, that, that wouldn't be enough, you know? But it just depends. Some people don't like texting. That doesn't suffice. Some people don't like FaceTime. That doesn't suffice. If you guys are in the same city, though, there should be no reason why you guys can't find time for each other at least every day or every other day. And I'm not saying it has to be 24-7. Pop in. Can we just go get something to eat really quick? Can you run with me to my next class or whatever the case is? Like, just something. You know what I'm saying? Just something. So have that conversation. Don't resort to breaking up just yet, but you have to ask him directly, am I a priority to you? You're in college. I'm in college is this important to you? Is this relationship important to you right now? And I feel like that's where you will find your answer and you'll have to make either an easy decision or a hard decision, compromise or no compromise. I'm just going to leave. That's not good enough for me. So there's a lot of hard decisions to be made. I totally get it. You know, relationships are work and people fail to realize that people just think it's somebody you can go home and have sex with. And then that's it. You know, when that's not what relationships are, you have to make sure you're talking to the person, showing them affection, giving them attention, all the good things that they need, you know, we have different love languages. So feeding into that, make sure you come into this really trying to understand where he's coming from. Cause a lot of times when we want something, we don't look from the other person's perspective and like, "Mm, maybe I need to do less. Not saying that that's what you need to do, but just make sure you're actually looking at yourself as well. So have that conversation with him and I'm curious to see what other people think. So let's look at another comment and see what someone else thinks about this. So someone said, if you're only initiating and he is not showing you the same, then it's time to break up. A relationship should be 50-50. 50-50. You should both want to see each other and want to meet. And if it's only you that begs and asks to meet him, then it shows how little he shows respect and cares for you. So I would agree with this. I think that initiating should be both ways. Again, my last partner I lived with and this partner, like we hang out all the time. It's like not really a conversation. So I don't really have experience with like not being around that person 20, almost 24 seven, but I do agree that it should be 50 50 and the conversations should definitely be had on like, who's making sure like we, you can't be the only person that's making plans. You know, my sister's in the same predicament. Like she was the one always like, Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. And he never tried or attempted to, it just sounds like you don't want to hang out with me. 
You know what I mean? So, guys, I agree, but at the same time, no, I agree. Actually, I actually agree. I agree. I agree. It should be 50-50. Relationships should be 50-50, not 60-40, 30-20, whatever the fuck. 50-50. I don't want to say break up, but after, if you have multiple conversations, but I'm, I tend to be the person to have like a lot of conversations because I'm trying to get down to the root cause of like why we're having this issue. And maybe that's doing the most. Um, but I just like to see like, what's the real reason behind this or that? So, I would just say have another conversation and make your decision there. After that last conversation, it's not, oh, I'm going to try again. If you already know the pattern and he's going to just go MIA again for two weeks, then you have to make the decision. You literally said in your message, like, I'm thinking about breaking up. I just don't want to. You're going to have to break up. You're going to have to. At this point, it's like, what are you in a relationship for if you guys aren't talking? You know what I'm saying? So, girly, I believe in you. You got this. And have that conversation. Okay, we have to have the tough conversations sometimes. All right, you guys, this episode is called City Girls, The Guide to Moving Out and Moving On. So I was like, what the fuck can I talk about this week? And this whole podcast is about something that I've been through or I'm still going through or I'm learning about. And I want to basically like break it down with you guys. And we're going to learn together. My thought process might always might not always be right. Or you might think it is, but we're learning together, you know, and then I want it to be a community where we can all share and like share our experiences, what you did, blah, 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 yada, yada, all the cute shit. Right. So this episode, this is something that I actually did and went through. And I want to help you girls and give you little tidbits on what I did that helped me move out and move on. And City Girls Edition, because I do live in a city. But hey, all you country girls, too, we're here for it. Do your thing. Moving out. This applies to all the girlies. All my little sweeties, it applies to every single one of you. So I moved out when I was 18 to go to college, right? Moved out, was in a dorm room. That's easy, right? You have a dorm, you pay for it, whatever. And then the panorama hit, and I decided to move in with my toxic ex and his family. So why did I do that? I don't know. And my advice is not to move in with someone toxic, especially a boyfriend. I don't recommend moving in with a boyfriend if you haven't been together for more than two years. That's just my hot take. Say what the fuck you want about it. That's my hot take. Um, especially if you were in previously in a situationship with them. I highly don't recommend. Because if you started in a situationship, that shit is going to turn into a shit show at the end. Let's just be real. Besides the point... When the relationship ended, I could choose to stay in the city I was gonna, that I was living in with him, uh, which is Houston, or I could have chose to go back and live with my family where I already had friends and a life established and go home. And like I said, this was literally during the pandemic. Like, I was living with him, oh my God, I have to actually do math. December 2020 to, December 2020 to July 2021. I don't know how many months that is, but that's how long I was living with him. I know that for a fact. And then I moved into my own place July of 2021 because I stopped living with him in July. And then mid-July, I moved into the place with my now roommate. So I decided I want to stay in Houston and start my own life. And that's what I did. And here is how I did it. So the first thing I did is decide if this was something I really wanted. First of all, I had nobody out here. His family and him were the only people I literally had in this city. It was it was scary. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what? 
how the fuck am I going to do this? I literally moved out here for a guy and I'm deciding to stay in this city. I used to live here before, by the way, like years ago, I lived in this city before, but I didn't think I was going to ever live here again. I end up like falling in love with the city all over again. So I actually loved it. And that's why I decided to stay not for any weird reasons, like to see him. Like once it was done, it was fucking done. Just, I'll just say that. But I was like, I would choose, I'd rather live here than where I was living before, which to me just wasn't popping. Like it was, it's not a popping city. It's not, it's not giving, I'm not that type of girl. I wanted to live the city girl lifestyle. So I was like, let me move and let me find, let me find my way. At that point I was, I was 20, I was 20 years old. So 18 was in a dorm room for about a couple of months. Oh, there's a little gap. So when the pandemic hit, I was in college for like a semester. A lot of people I feel like don't know this, but I was in a college for a semester. And then when the pandemic hit, I took this long ass break and we know long ass college breaks turn into not going back. And I did it. But by the grace of God, I found a really, really good job. And that's why I'm able to live in a city and all that cute shit. So that was like the little missing piece, if you're wondering. But yeah, I had to decide if this was something I wanted. I made up in my mind that it was. And I thought about it. I prayed about it. I sat in it for a while. You know, my mom obviously, I think my mom kind of was like, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> I don't know if she knew if, like, if I was going to go back home. Like my parents, they were like, are you going to go back home? Are you going to stay there? What are you going to do? But it was like no doubt in my mind. Like, you know, there's something that's just like stay here. And that's exactly what I felt. It was just like stay where you're at good things will happen in the city for you. Just stay here. And I feel like that's how people move to New York. They're like, fuck it. I'm here. Some shit didn't work out. Or even if they don't live there, they're like, some shit didn't work out. Now I'm fucking here. Now I'm living my fucking life. That's how I feel about Houston. Um, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made on my own. So I love it. So I would think that's the number one tip I have is make sure it's something you want and really think about it. Because once you're out here, you don't want to go back home. You don't want to be like, oh, it fucked up. It failed. Now let me go back home and you know, like think about all the fucking crazy shit and bad shit I did. I feel like if I went back home, I was going to be a failure. And even though like the relationship did fail, I feel like if I went back home, all everything I did up to that point was like over, donezo. And before I broke up with him, like six months before we broke up, when we moved into our own place outside of his family's house, that's when I had started my new job. So I was able to sustain with that job. And that's how I was able to pay for the apartment we were living at. And that's how I was able to sustain here in my new apartment. So I already had a job lined up to where I was able to move to a city and live on my own. But it was the decision on like having to make new friends, you know, like having to meet new people and do all this other shit. Like when you're around your family and people that you went to school with, like it just seems easy and it seems comfortable. And I didn't want to go back to comfortability because for almost a year and a half, I lived uncomfortably in kind of the best way. It was a toxic relationship, but I learned so much and I wouldn't take it back just because I wouldn't be the person I am today or where I'm at today, or maybe not even have had this podcast if I didn't go through that shit. You know what I'm saying? Everything inspires something else. And that's just how I like to live about life. So number one, make sure this is something you want. Number two, are you financially ready? So like I said, I had a job already lined up even though we weren't going to be together and shit like that like I already had a job lined up so I was like okay cool like I know I can at like for sure I can at least like definitely live with a roommate I mean if I want to live by myself Houston can be pretty expensive in the city so I don't know the bitch is penny pinching a little bit but if I moved out like 25 minutes I could definitely have my own apartment but to me location was important especially after real life like after 
leaving a relationship and being on my own and not having anybody. I was like, I want to be in the city, moving 25 minutes out, living by myself won't really help this experience. So that's why I was like, this is smarter, financially smarter, and it's just better overall to be able to meet people, whatever, whatever. So make sure you're financially ready because what you don't want to do is move back home because the finances were not sitting right. That to me is failing. Okay. For me personally, that in my eyes is like, oh my God, I fucking failed, you know? And I, that's, I didn't want to feel like that. I wanted to be able to embark on my own journey, have my own finances. By the way, I paid for everything. So I didn't have my parents like paying for my deposit, my security deposit and all this shit. Like I was paying for everything myself, but that's what I'm saying. Like, make sure you're ready to pay all that shit. There's stuff that you have to pay for before you actually move into your apartment. And that's what you want to make sure you have. So it was a weird transition, but I had the money to do it because I had already had bread and I already had a job. So I don't recommend moving to a city and not really having like anything secure or set in stone or staying in a city if you don't even have a foundation. Because if you don't have a foundation, you don't have shit. So along with finances, because finances is a part of the pillar of foundation, you want to make sure you have your finances in check. So that's definitely like my number one number one big thing there is a bigger story to how this all went down and why I was able to leave like in the middle of a lease but that's a story for another day so I'm not gonna include it in here because if it was the case because I wasn't there if you notice I said six months not a year but I wasn't fuck it I'm gonna just say I wasn't on the lease and it sounds stupid another thing when you live with a boyfriend make sure you have that shit figured out too because if you're not on the lease and y'all fucking break up and he's an asshole he can kick your ass out that's not what happened to me. He le- never mind. I'm not going to get into that today. <laughs> I almost got into a whole nother story. We could sit here for hours and talk about it. I'm not going to get into that. But yes, the second pillar of the foundation is make sure you're ready. So number one, make sure it's something you want to do. Number two, make sure you are financially ready. Number three, probably one of the biggest takeaways of being in my 20s and wanting to live life, especially moving on from an ex and moving into a new city and staying in that city get a roommate and one thing I would say about getting a roommate it's a risk because you don't know each other me and my roommate had no idea who the fuck we were to each other like none we had one goal we wanted to move to a city we wanted to stay in a city and that's what worked that was our common interest like let's move in the city and let's have a good time um for me I was just more like getting out of a relationship so I was still kind of like not depressed and that breakup didn't make me depressed but it was just like very down you know I didn't know what to do there was a lot of shit that I didn't experience because I was in a relationship and I was in one so young so there's a lot of shit I didn't I wasn't able to do but when I met my roommate who was already kind of in that lifestyle and able to do fun shit and she knew the shit and she'd been out here and visited and she had connections somehow I was like oh shit this bitch is really like you know she got this shit so she kind of showed me the ropes of like having a good time and going to clubs and getting out which is things I didn't do when I was in my relationship So not only is getting a roommate good for getting out and meeting people in the city whenever you know nobody at all, it's also good for the people who do not feel financially ready to make the apartment step by themselves. I mean, it's a really smart financial decision. Like, it's so smart. You 50-50 everything. 50-50 everything. You know, like, you're going to have bills on bills on bills, especially if you pay for every single bill by yourself like me. Like, I pay for every bill by my fucking self and that's a lot 
especially when you're managing like each paycheck and all this shit and all that shit. And then you want to make sure you have that going out money too. That's really important. So that going out money, that's important too. And that's why having a roommate is so important. Like it was financially a great decision, but also it was something that I needed to do in order to like get out of this little funk that I was in because I had just did some crazy shit and moved in with my toxic ex. And then I just, we broke up, you know? So just in case no one has told you yet, not that you asked to live and breathe on earth is expensive as shit, but also to live in a city like Houston is also expensive as shit. We don't live 25 minutes out from the city. We live in the heart of the city downtown. So it's a little bit on the pricey side, but it's so worth it because we're by everything. We don't, I don't pay shit for gas cause I work from home, but it's just a lot of, it's a lot of gain. Okay. It's the experience. And that's what was, it was about for me. Like it was the experience. It was the experience with having a roommate. It was the experience in the city and I totally recommend it. I 1000% recommend it. Having a roommate who was also single really helped me find myself again, especially since I was in a relationship so young, like I had no idea what the fuck to do, like as a young person outside. And because it moved so fast, I had a lot of shit happen between 18 and 20. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, how do I even find myself after that? So having a roommate and having somebody, we had common interests and we get we got along which was great because it all doesn't always happen like that but it was a chance and it was a chance that I took but the tip here I'm gonna give you guys a little a little tip and you guys know it's legit because I'm telling you and I used it I found my roommate off this website called roomies.com which is totally legit it's a website you have to verify yourself on it I used it it was successful I used about four different like sites and that site I had the most traction and Everyone was like there for the same reason. Like sometimes on roommate sites, like people aren't as active. I even, I'm still following certain people on Instagram too that I was going to be roommates with and it just didn't work out, but obviously for a reason. And that site definitely was like the best one out of all of them because they told you like certain verifications that person had. And obviously you're looking to see if like the person's face verified or that ID is verified and all their information's matching up. So they run all that shit. They make sure everybody's verified. And for me personally, I think it's safe. I used it. I met the most people off of it. I 100% think that website's safe. So if you guys are looking for a roommate and it's not sponsored, the fuck, it's not fucking sponsored. I literally use this app, www.roomies.com. That's probably my best, the best where to find people um, website. I don't think it's an app. It's a website. But yeah, so number three, get a roommate. Number one, is it something you want? Number two, are you financially ready? Number three, roomies. And number four, take your ass outside. I didn't call this shit city girls for a reason, babes. Take your ass outside. I'm the type of person that I can easily stay in my house and be a homebody. That's just my preference. Nine times out of ten. But to make memories and to have a good time, you have to go out and you have to experience things. I went to clubs. I had a great time. I met people. We had the funniest nights. We've experienced crazy ass shit. Like we just had some of the fun. And then on top of that, you have somebody to do it with 24 seven. She's literally in the other room. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, just take your ass outside, bro. Go outside. Stop being so fucking scary. Go outside. Obviously within the means, be fucking safe, but go outside. When you move out, go experience life. Like I said, if you, if your finances are ready, if you have somebody to do it with like a roommate, and if this is a decision and something that you made that you really, really want, 
go enjoy life enjoy life and that was probably the number one thing when I walked into this whole situation I didn't think that I was going to be able to like I didn't I didn't I didn't expect anything if I'm being honest like I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen I didn't even know if we were going to get along I didn't know if we were just going to like watch movies and eat popcorn and polish each other's toenails we ended up doing some crazier shit than that but way funner and I would not take back a thing so guys go outside and have a good ass time don't be afraid to get out of your shell and meet people have a little liquid courage while you're at it go outside like some of the best nights that I've had in Houston you would think was the year and a half I was here before I met my roommate but it was actually with my roommate and with myself like there's shit that I did by myself and I'm just like I love that I've made a room for myself we decorated the apartment and in my opinion it's way better than like college life because we have no homework (laughs) we just have to work and shit but like it's just you know like you have all you're in charge of your own life and obviously do it responsibly because trust me we can all get to those moments and I've had bumpy roads here and there like my whole car situation and shit but like at the end of the day I wouldn't trade it back for the world I feel like I'm meant to be here and when you feel like you're meant to be in a spot don't erase that feeling so if if someone hasn't encouraged you yet and if you're thinking about moving go ahead and make that move just do it just do it. I mean, coming from me, you know, I'm always the one to watch people and be like, oh my God, they did this. Oh my gosh, they did that. Like, it's so cool. Like you watch YouTube and like, oh, packed up my whole life and went to Ibiza, packed up my whole life and moved to New York City. I packed up my whole life, moved in with the fucking toxic ex, left his ass and stayed in the, in the city and made my own life. That to me is cool as fuck. And it's a lot harder to bounce back because you're going through all this shit by yourself. There's nobody that you know out here but I wouldn't trade it for the world because a lot of, like I said, a lot of the life lessons that I learned was when I was on my own and by myself in the city. So I could have obviously have touched on a lot more things, but this literally could be a whole masterclass on the girl's guide to moving out. And if you want me to extend the version, I can definitely do that for the girlies, all my sweeties out there. But I just wanted to do the things that like really helped me. Like when I, when I was thinking about this whole episode, I was like, what are actual things that help me? I can't honestly tell you how to budget because I don't do it myself. I just wing it every time I get paid. Well, I wing it to an extent. Like I put away all my bill money, every single check. And then I wing it with the rest of my money. But like, so I I can't really tell you how to budget. I recommend it though. I totally recommend it. But if you're financially like stable and can do it, then bitch do it. That's probably terrible advice. Let me not tell you that. The point is, is that there's a lot of shit in preparation to moving but those are literally the four key things that helped me with this move and to make the decision to move and these are the tips that helped me and looking back on how I did it but most of all of it just take a chance wow that made no sense the gist is to take a chance just take a chance just take a chance we have one life you have one decision do it So if you're thinking about it right now, move. Respectfully, move. If you want to. If if you, I mean, you know, if you decided in your head, like, hey, like, this is something I want to do, obviously move. You know, that's the point. Anyway, with all that being said, how about we move on? (laughs) No pun intended. Okay, let's wrap up the episode. All right, you guys. It has come to an end. My first time back on the mic in like three weeks, and honestly, I couldn't have felt better. I feel refreshed. I feel great. I feel good. And I hope you guys enjoyed these 40-something minutes of time I've been spending with you guys this episode. And just to unwind, relax, you know, find some peace in your day, whatever the fuck. Like, just, 
I hope you enjoyed this just as much as I did. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. All right. So you already know what I'm about to do. I'm about to plug everything just in case you want to find me and shit. Where can you find moi at iCandy Podcast on Instagram? Sorry, let me stop. At iCandy Podcast on Instagram. If you want to email me with any questions, crazy stories, or feedback, and of course, we're an anonymous. If you don't want your name out there, I'll make up a name for you, like Linda or some shit like that, some cute shit. Um, it's at iCandyPodcast at gmail.com. My personal IG, if you want to see my beautiful face, mwah, it's at London. Once again, thank you so much, all my sweethearts, for listening to this week's episode of the iCandy Podcast. Have a beautiful, wonderful day or night. And I'll catch you guys next week. Bye.